Good afternoon, Shoreline Church. Hey, it's good to see everybody here. Uh, great to be with the Shoreline family. Uh, thank you for having me here. Uh, when Gio asked me a while back if I could come out here, I said, man, I love to be with the Shoreline family. You got a great gig out here. You got a great facility. I said, my goodness, beautiful. And you got a great area. You got great people serving you. It's always good seeing Josh and Rebecca and also uh, Karen and also my bromance, Gio. Um, love the guy very much. Good to see friends, brothers and sisters, Zaldi, Marisol, and I, and our family go back all the way back to the Philippines. This was before they were married. That's a whole nother story. I can't tell you now because their kids are here. Um, but it's good to see everybody. Can I ask you to do me a favor before we jump into it? Can you go ahead and give the person next to you a big hug? Say, it's good to see you. Thanks for coming out today. Hey, let's go to God in prayer. Uh, Father, so uh, awesome that we could be able to come before you. What a great worship service that we had so far. Incredible singing, uh, uh, just being connected with you through the communion, be able to be here. We're so humble uh, by your loving grace that we could come together to go in your scriptures, to really reflect in our lives, to allow the spirit to move us in a way that we know that you, you love us and you, you want to use our lives. Thank you for the Shoreline Church. Uh, thank you so much for the way that you are moving in, in ways beyond our understanding. And, and I really pray that through uh, the lesson today, through your words, through the lessons that you put in our heart, that we could really go out and live out the life that you call us to, to love you and love other people. We thank you. We dedicate this time to you. It's in Christ we pray. Amen. And congratulations to all the graduates. Woo! Man, we uh, just had our honoring service this morning. I give you love all the way from the valley, your uh, family in the valley. They send their love to you. I sent my wife and my kids send their love to you as well. And I hope that today's lesson will be a time that we could leave here growing in our love for God and for each other. I understand from Gio that you've been learning how to uh, love other people around you, right? And that, that's good and sometimes not easy, right? But hey, I don't know about you. I wouldn't be here today if someone didn't go out of their way to really help me understand that I got a second chance in life, uh, that, that God really loves me, and that God has a great plan. And for those who are visiting today, thank you for coming here. You've got a great church, great people here. For those that have been around for a while, hey, we wouldn't be here if someone didn't go out of their way beyond the awkwardness to, uh, to deny themselves, to take a risk to be able to share with us about God, and boom, we're here, right? And, and I say that to you because what I want to share with you today is something that I'm learning, that we're learning as a church in the valley on, on how to love one another, but specifically how to neighbor. Can I, can I talk to you about that today? Yeah. Yeah. On how to neighbor. As the world grows more connected, our neighbors are closer than ever. You might not share a fence, but you can still share the burdens and joys of people around us. And I want to share with you some things that we are learning as a church, as a family, that I pray that through what God is doing in your life, that you understand that God has a great plan, but also he's put us in a great place. I mean, you've got a great place here. Uh, uh, Camarillo, Oxnard, Ventura. I don't know. I always think about Hawaii when I come out here. <laughs> when I drive over the 118, I said, man, this brings me back. I grew up in Hawaii as a kid, Hawaii Manalo. It also reminds me of the Philippines, some parts of the Philippines. You've got a great place. And you've got to ask yourself, out of all the places that God has put you, there's a reason why he has set you here. There's a reason why. It's not because of the outlets. You know? I, I know a lot of our peeps, when they come out here, the first thing that comes to their mind is some of the good food and also the outlets. But hey, you're blessed. God has you here for a reason. And, and I want to help you understand the importance of how to neighbor. Because sometimes we think we know how to neighbor. But do we really 
continue to grow and learn how to be the neighbor that God wants us to be. And the other question is this, who is our neighbor? And as you look at the scripture today, I, want, I hope that you could leave here understanding that you know who is our neighbor? Everyone. Everyone's our neighbor. So can I ask you a question? Who's our neighbor? Everyone. Everyone. Everyone is our neighbor. But here's the thing. You don't get to pick who your neighbors are. You don't. But you can choose something far more important, and that's learning how to neighbor. And I'm going to share with you some stories about what God is doing in in your brothers and sisters and the area and in our hearts as, as we're trying to grow and love the people that God has put around us. If you don't mind, turn with me to Luke chapter 10. Verse 25, 37, we'll go there. And uh, my, my wife sends her love to you. She couldn't make it today. She sends her love. I, I, I say this to you because I wouldn't be here if not for my girlfriend back then who studied the Bible and became a Christian and reached out to me and told her boyfriend back then that you're not a Christian, you're going to hell and you need to get right with God. I'm grateful because of her. I wouldn't be here today. I would not be here today. And I say this to you because sometimes we got to take a step back and remember the people that God has put in our lives to get where we're at today. But what's so important is that we do the same for other people. And this is what I love about Luke chapter 10 that I know many of us have probably looked at this many times. But I like to look at it differently in a way that I like to show you. Let's look in verse 25. On one occasion... An expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied, and how do you read it? He answered, love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied, do this and you will what? You live. The teacher already had the answer. Jesus was just bringing it out. He asked the question, what do I need to do to have eternal life? He gave him the two important commandments, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and also love your neighbor as yourself. So what is Jesus saying right here? He's trying to help him understand You want to live a life to the full, now and beyond, love God, and also love your neighbor as yourself. Now, there's so many ways to love God, right? Let me ask you this. What's one way we could love God? Worship. Worship? What's another way? Prayer. Prayer. Okay. What's another way? Serving. Serving? I'm sorry? Obedience. Obedience. Right. Right. Word of God, prayer, worship. But he shows the expert in the law, the expert in the law, the expert in the law, how to love God in a way that challenged him to the core. And you know what he's trying to tell him? To love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Another way of showing God you love him is by loving your neighbor as yourself. Now you want to love God? Yes, prayer is awesome. You want to love God, obey the word? Yes. You want to love God, stay pure? Amen. You want to love God, repent, stay obedient? Yes. But let me show you another way. In a way in this world, if you look in, if you look in the news, you turn on the table, a, a TV, you look at the strife, you look online, you'll see so much conflict, so much strife, that my goodness, if the world really knew the, 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 the value of what Jesus is saying here, you want to love God, do it by loving other people. Do you not think this will be a different place? Do you not think it will be a different city? Do you not think it would be a different home? Do you not think it will be a different marriage, a different relationship with parent and kids? This is something powerful in here that so many times 
that we can overlook and think of the Good Samaritan, one of the most popular parables. Hospitals are a name. Foundations are a name. People take Good Samaritan and they say, man, this is the way to change a life and, and pay it forward. But Jesus is trying to show something here that we can overlook, that I can overlook sometimes in my life. If I want to love him, if I want to continue growing in my walk and my love with God, I've got to love the people around me. Right? That's what Jesus is trying to show the expert. And but what does the expert do? Let's read on. You guys with me? Yeah. In verse 29, but he wanted to what? Justify himself. He wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? Well, what's he saying in that question? Who do I need to love? What's he saying in that question? Who do I need to show love to? So often when the conviction of God's word strikes our heart, I don't know about you, but there's a great temptation that I fall in many times to justify myself really rather than just throwing myself at the mercy of God and letting God change my heart and my life. If the expert who had come to test Jesus really had honest motives, Jesus' question and affirmation and reply would have been enough. But the expert wanted to look righteous more than wanting to be righteous. That's why he started justifying himself. I don't know about you, but when I get in bumps with my wife, you know, she, she points out things in my life that I say, wait a minute, I have the tendency to put the blame on someone else. And Jennifer said, well, why do you do that? And I said, I don't know why, it's automatic sometimes. And that's convicting, because I say this to you, if we really want to be the neighbor, love people the way, we've got to check ourselves and be aware, how do we justify ourselves by looking at what Jesus says? Because Jesus tries to make it very simple, but you know what, in our sinful nature, we can make it complicated, like the expert. Any experts out there can relate with me and this guy here? Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. So, because of that, Jesus breaks down into story. And in verse 30, in reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. And then in verse 31, a priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he what? He passed by the other side. You would think the priest would make a difference. But what did he do? He made a decision not to make a difference. And he made a choice to walk on the other side. Now look at the Levite. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, Pass by the other side. But a Samaritan, who's known to be very different, who's known at that time to be an outcast, marginalized, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he what? Took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his donkey, brought him to the end, and took care of him. Jesus talks about the contrast here. He makes a comparison to two people that were very obvious, that knew how to be neighbors. That in the world, they know, okay, automatically I see them on the front, the priest, the Levite. Yeah, they're going to come to the rescue. They're going to help me. Jesus makes a point, and what do they do? They pass on the other side. And then Jesus talks about the one who would least expect it, the Samaritan. You know, what's powerful in this passage, in this passage is that Jesus talks about how to love God by loving people, but then he puts these examples on there. And you kind of wonder why he uses the parable to the expert but honestly, when you look at when Jesus was talking about this 2,000 years ago, this passage is very relevant. This parable is very relevant today. 
in 2019. So the question we've got to ask ourselves is this. Am I more like the guy that passes on the other side? That keeps a distance? Or am I the one that engages when I see a need? And there's times I'm that person, I'll pass by the other side. When I see a need, and there's times when I feel like the Samaritan, that, hey, I'm going for it. But the, 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 here's the point is this. The question we've got to ask ourselves, which one are we more like? Which one are we more like? And there's reasons why we can help someone in need without hesitation. And there's reasons why we don't help someone in need and we hold back and we choose not to. Many different reasons why. I tell you one reason that can cause us, cause you and I to, to not help one another is when we see that we've got needs and we've got junk in our own self. You know, that we've got, hey, I've got a situation. You know what? I don't think I can help anybody because I've got my own stuff to work with. You, you feel me on that one? You know, there was a sister, and uh, her name is, uh, let me see, is this working? Oh, yeah. Teresa Kropp. Teresa Kropp is a sister that's been converted to San Francisco, moved down to the valley. Um, oh, moved down to the valley because he fell in love with a guy named Bill. And they uh, fell in love, um, got married, had a marriage that just really was a great example Adopted two children, amazing. But what happened with Teresa was that she found out she had a rare cancer. Uh, very rare. That really discouraged her. And she felt like, how can I... It, it was really a tough time. She found this out like last year. And started dealing with it actively. And the cancer was so rare, she felt like, how can I really help other people? So what happened was, uh, she's working through that, and she's really doing her best to stay close to God and make the best of it, getting her treatment. We had a lady and her family come to church. And you know how they found our church? Online. They found online. And said, we saw your church. You know, we, we, we saw what you guys are all about. We came to check it out. So she came with her whole family. Her whole entourage and she loved it and I, it was the time when I was giving announcements hey we need people to help in the parking lot you know I gave one announcement after church she came up to me and said hey you don't know me but I want to help in the parking lot I said wow okay um, I need you to come up and share next time so okay let, let's take it a step let's take it step by step I know it's your first service thanks for coming let me let you introduce to you my, my better half this is my wife Jennifer you know, usually when they see me, it's discouraging. When they see Jennifer, there's hope. Uh, one of the blessings of marrying her. Amen. Uh, so she did, and you know what she said? We have two services, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. This is a 9 o'clock service. She said, I want to study the Bible, and I can't wait. I said, I want to be in the parking, sir. I want to serve the parking, but I want to study the Bible. So you know what she did right after church, in between our services, Jennifer and her... Took, found a side where the kids' kingdoms are at, and they studied the Bible while her family was waiting. And as she was studying the Bible, she said, one thing that really inspired me is that I have this cancer, and I know I don't have time, much time left. And she said, what kind of cancer do you have? This rare cancer. And you know what? It was the exact same cancer that Teresa had. And you know, when they met, they started studying the Bible, they were so fired up. They took joy and pride in their rare cancer. And, and you could see when they got together, they were so fired up. Teresa was excited. She was excited. And you know what happened? What you see in the lower, lower right side, that's uh, Daisy saying Jesus is Lord. And she was baptized um, the early part of this year. And at her... Uh, um, And before that, Teresa was up there sharing, you know, about her uh, situation. And Daisy was saying, I'm thankful that 
I met someone that was, knew exactly how I felt and it helped me find God. And she was baptized. And on that day she was baptized, she, her mom was there. And she, boy, she put her mom on blast. She said, Jesus is Lord and mom, you're next. <laughs> 80 plus years old. I said, whoa, man, she's got a lot of zeal. Well, you know what happened? Uh, two months ago, her mom up there was baptizing the Lord. <laughs> the, the bittersweet news is that Teresa passed away a couple months ago. And um, she, she um, ending her life to a better place, but knowing that she was able to leave making a difference. And you know what they both say is that I'm thankful we had this cancer because it made a connection. And this lady, Daisy, shared at her celebration of life. Powerful. But now Daisy, she's not, a fear, she's not afraid of death. We haven't put her in the parking lot yet, but um, <laughs> she says her mom was next and she was next. Her husband was there, put him on blast and put all the kids on blast. Because, you know, there's something about when you love God, you really don't worry about what people think. When you really love God, you don't worry about what you lack. But what you really have, God. And that's a lot. But sometimes when we put the God factor down, our weaknesses are... um, our uh, inferior complex becomes stronger than our faith. And we get more consumed with that, that I may not be able to connect. I may not be able to make a difference. You want to love God in a way that will please Him, that will inspire you. You love your neighbors. And who's our neighbor? Everyone. Everyone. Let's go back to the scripture. So as you said, this parable... You guys with me? Yeah. All right. It's, it's this parable. But a Samaritan. Next slide. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. And he says, look. After him, he said, and when I look after him and when I return, I will reimburse you any extra expense you may have. That's powerful. Jesus put that in the Bible for a reason. Jesus didn't have to put this going the extra mile. He could have put that the Samaritan came in, took care of him. I mean, he, 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 he took care of the bill. I mean, he was the plug. He, 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 he didn't want this guy to worry about anything. But he said here that I will reimburse any extra expense. He put that in there. Why? Because who was he talking to? The expert. He was talking about us. He was talking about the people there. He wanted to show that this Samaritan was able to go the extra mile. Now, there's a reason why that lawyer is an expert. Because he knows what it means to go the extra mile. He's an expert. And Jesus put this in there. To help him realize that, yeah, you help people, but you got to go the extra mile. You know what the thing I love about Jesus? Jesus will never do anything. He will never call anyone to do anything he would not do. We wouldn't be here if Jesus didn't go the extra mile. And what was that extra mile? The cross. And he says this to me, to, to them, to, to love, you've got to be able to Gomer's. And what does Jesus say right here in the next verse? He says, The expert in the law replied, or after Jesus asked, Which one of these three do you think was the neighbor to the one who fell into the hands of the robbers? Verse 37, the expert in the law replied, The one who had what? Mercy. The one who had mercy. And what does Jesus say? Go and do likewise. Why would Jesus say, go and do likewise? Because you know what? Jesus already did most of the hard work already. I mean, you think about the way the first century Christians live 
and what we have today. The first century Christians, they didn't, they didn't fall into the better life syndrome. They, they didn't have none of that. We hear it all the time. You hear on TV, you hear from politicians, you hear from this and that, commercial, uh, marketing. The better life equals this. They didn't have that. They didn't buy into that type of better life syndrome. Because they knew the only better life they had is when they pass on and they go and see Jesus one day. That's what they live. And that's what Jesus was saying right here is that go and do likewise. You know what convicts me about this scripture and what convicts us in the Valley Church is sometimes I can, we can, and maybe you can live in a bubble. We can live in a Christian bubble, a safe bubble, a safe bubble that you and I will never get hurt, that you and I can never, oh, the sin of the people, we hear what's going on, it's, it's discouraging, it's, it's sad, you hear about, well, the social injustice, you hear about all the injustice that's going on with people, uh, and it just, and you probably don't, and we say that. I, it's better just to be me, myself, and I. And, and I say this to you because we have a, we, we meet also at a Lutheran church. Right? We meet at a Lutheran church and we're praying that we can buy the property. That's what we're praying for. But you know what happened? That Lutheran church is a place for a lot of homeless people to go. It's very often that you'll find someone who's homeless that we'll find him in the back corner by our power antenna camping out. Or they'll come to church and we'd have to ask them to leave. But one time I had to really check my heart. Uh, because, you know, we found some things that were not appropriate for kids. And, and I said, this is, this is not good. We've got to be careful. But then I found my heart being upset. And you know, the sad thing about that was... I saw other people around me getting adamant too. Towards people who don't appreciate, especially the homeless that were coming, that were just showing no regards to whoever's there. And it convicted me because I say, you know, it is cliche, but you gotta realize, what would Jesus do? And it really convicted me. I said, am I really being what Jesus wants me to be for everyone. And honestly, I, I really had to really do some soul searching. If we're supposed to be a church to be a light to the world, then we got to be a light to everybody. Not just walk around or pass on the other side, but find a way to engage. Because there's, there's reasons why we would engage and be like the Good Samaritan. And there's reasons why we would walk on the other side. And whatever your experience is growing up. Whatever your fears are. I'm hoping that the scriptures here can help you to be aware. That if we want to love God. We got to love all of our neighbors. And who's our neighbors? Everyone. Everyone. And I really believe. I believe in my heart. 100%. That if we capture that heart of loving everyone the way God wants us to do, you will see amazing things take place. Because that's the heart that God wants his church to have. That's the heart that God wants us to have if we make Jesus Lord of our life. Amen. You know, there's um, go and do likewise. Sometimes we get, the bubble I talked about, sometimes we get familiar. Familiarity just causes us to be complacent, that we take for granted. It's like I may come in here and say, you've got a beautiful place, but you've probably seen this place many times. Let me tell you, it's a beautiful place. <laughs> it's a beautiful place. Let me tell you, it's a beautiful place. God loves you. You're blessed. And I came from Asia. You got air con. You know, we got air con, but you know what kind of air con? Air continuous. You know, um, you, you're blessed. But sometimes familiarity can keep us in a bubble. There's a, a couple named Hector and Hector and, and Maribel Ramirez. And what happened is they had this house 
And a lot of people were selling their house, moving. Um, they were looking at the numbers. They were wondering, how do we make it work? I think maybe it's time for us to leave too. But you know what they said? Let's pray, honey. And you know what? Let's pray and let's let God make a sign. Show us. Let's trust God. There's a reason why. You know what happened? Next door, a family moved in. A family moved in, and as they were at the garden, the guy came up to Hector and said, Hey, you got any uh, tools I can borrow? We just moved in. And he said, Sure, you can borrow my tools. And Hector was, uh, your brother in the Lord, was hesitant to tell him about church because he said, Yeah, he won't listen. He won't. Yeah, he just wants my tools. So he told his wife, and the wife said, Tell him about church. So he came out with the power tools. He let him have the power tools. It took him a while to give it back. Uh, matter of fact, I don't think he ever gave it back. <laughs> and he told about church. He said, by the way, we're looking for a church. So they came out to our outdoor parking service, and they loved it. They fell in love with the, with the friendship, Jesus. They studied the Bible, and the husband and wife was baptized. Man. And this is their, their family, the Escobars. And together, if you, their, their, their house is right, right next to each other. You know what? It's just a big community. They love each other. This is the family together right here. And he said, hey, I think God made it clear. We're staying here. We're staying here. And you know what? Together, they do great things. They serve. By the way, Hector sir, also plays on the football soccer team with uh, Gio. Um, you know what? God is amazing. God works all the time. So here's the thing. Jesus shows two types of people here. And we've got to choose which one will be. Will we be the one, the people who keep distance? Will we be like the ones who kept distance, the priests or the Levite? Or the choice is, will we be the people who did something. The Good Samaritan did something. You know, sometimes we can overlook and take for granted the people in our lives. And uh, one of my offices is Starbucks. That's, that's one of my places, Starbucks. It's, 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 I love, I grew up in the restaurant business, the hotel restaurant business. So, you know, being, I know Josh is a barista there. Um, and I love meeting there. I, I love I put my Bible out there. I put a Christian book out there. It starts a conversation. Uh, basically, we're working on a Bible talk having at Starbucks uh, for fathers. So one time, we were there with the Lucheras who were just appointed as elders. And we were talking about a, a, a parenting a program called Good Enough Parenting. And we were going back and forth. How do, we, uh, how do we exchange notes? How do we help each other? And then there was this lady, this single lady that was about two tables from us. And she had a Christian book. And I looked over and said, hey, how's that Christian book? You like it? And I said, yeah, it's good. It's good, but, you know, there's some thoughts I have. And I said, good. What, what's your insights? I said this and that. I said, hey, let me introduce you to my wife. Once again, marry up. You know, um, I said, hey, this is my wife, Jennifer. This is Jennifer Lopez. What's your name? Margarita. And I always say, yeah, this is the real Jennifer Lopez. The other one's an imposter, et cetera, et cetera. And... As they were talking, they were clicking. And Jennifer started sharing her life. And she ended up coming to church. And she loved the church. So what happened was she started studying the Bible. And she ended up getting baptized. She became your sister in the Lord. Can I show that picture there? Oh, oh no. Oh, that's another one. Ah, that's another one. Anyways, but what happened was uh, with, um, with uh, uh, Margarita... She reached out to her mom, and her mom became a disciple. And um, two months ago, she started, or three months ago, she started reaching out to her grandfather, who was about 87 years old. And two months ago, he was baptized in the Lord. I'm just telling you, what can be a regular Starbucks, actually, it's God's moving powerful. You know, there's this lady named Wendy, and she went to Trader Joe's. This is across the street from our church. She went there for a Trader Joe's run, but she didn't know that 
she would end up meeting one of the sisters from the church named Indy. And Indy Lopez right there, that's the lower right-hand side, invited her to church across the street. Hey, we're a church right across the street. You got to come check it out. She did. She loved it. She called her husband and said, you got to come check out this church. They loved it. Uh, three weeks ago, they were baptized together. And, and it was amazing. We passed by Trader Joe's all the time. How many times I make a Trader Joe's run without thinking about, man, there might be someone there I could build a relationship with. Sometimes we go, uh, Starbucks say, well, I, I, I make that, I go there all the time, but, but is there a, a purpose? Why? Let me tell you, I want you to help you understand there's a value when you choose, when you choose to do something and not keep distance. Can I share with you some scriptures here? In Psalms 143, verse 10. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I love this passage because you know what it talks about. It talks about the spirit working, God's spirit moving. And I'm here to let you know that God's spirit is moving powerfully. Sometimes we think, and I think, that I need to be the one that's going to go and make a difference. And what happens, that puts the burden on my, on my flesh, and it's not, it's not about me, it's about God. Can I ask you a question? How many of you, how many of you, before you made Jesus Lord of your life, you believed God was really reaching out to you? How many? Just show him. Do you feel like God was working in your life to get your attention? Just let me see. You know, someone's allowed me to say, yeah, big time, right? That was the Spirit of God working. God's Spirit was working to get your attention to know you. The, what we need to do in loving God and loving other people, we need to participate in what the Spirit of God is already doing. Not so much, wait till I get the sorrows and boom! Disciple Cesar is here. Let's begin. No, the Spirit's working already. Sometimes you say, wow, man, I'm the only one here at my work. No, God is working already. And what we need to do is figure out how do we join the party? How do we participate? But you won't know how to participate if you just stay distance or you do something. Amen? And that's why James 4, 17 says, if anyone then knows what they ought to do and doesn't do it is sin. Loving our neighbor is about doing good. You know, I love Luke because it talks about reaching out to the people that are marginalized. In the last several minutes, can I close out with a video? Yeah. Let me show you this video that I showed you earlier. We're trying to figure out what can we do. And God's been opening doors. And one of the doors that he has opened is allowing us to build relationships with the board of directors for the Hope of the Valley. Because they're already doing something. And we've been building relationships. Let me show you this video.
trying to repent and change in our heart and how to love. And what's interesting, I served 20 years in the mission field. In the mission field, it's in your face. Someone dying, you help them. You see a poor family that doesn't eat for a couple of days, you help them. It's in your face. We have hospitals. It's, we constantly got to watch compassion fatigue because it's right there. But coming to America, I could see that it's not in your face, but it's there. But it's, it's, it's hidden. It's hidden behind the facade of the nice buildings, the comfortable life. It's hidden behind the fact that I'm doing okay. It's hidden by the fact that you stay in your lane, I stay in my lane. And we'll be good. But I really have a hard time at times when I know, and this is just me, I could get a good sleep when I know someone's trying to find a place to sleep. I don't have all the answers. But I know there's something that I know God is trying to prune my heart. That I got to do something. And what's happening is as I change my heart and started becoming more aware, God's been opening doors. We have a sister whose mom works for the mayor of Los Angeles, Garcetti. And he has a special prayer meeting with different ministers throughout LA. And I got invited to go. So I went, I said, man, this is supposed to be my life if I wasn't a Christian. This is what's it supposed to be. And they were talking, praying, and, and you know what the topic was? How do we deal with the challenge of homelessness? The second year, invited again. This time I took my son. And you know what? Same topic. Though there are plans that are happening. But I can't just turn a blind eye if this is a need 
I can't just not do anything and, and be Levite or the, the, the priest that walks on the other side. I got to figure out. And you know, God has been opening so many doors. Our friend there, the, the guy, Mr. Uh, Ken Kraft, he invited us. He said, can you come and talk? Because we want to talk. I said, sure, where, where do you want to talk? Let's go to a Dodger game. Hey, sure, I'm there. So, man, we went to a Dodger game. We got these seats that were by a sponsor. I said, oh, my goodness. And, and that's what we just need help. And I know you have other things to give to other people. You have other missions. But we just want awareness. Because we know in the church, people go to you and they listen to you. They don't listen to the politicians. They listen to you. And we just ask if you could help people to open their heart to love one another. What's pretty cool, God has been on some crazy things. I don't have time to tell you. But perfectly, when I come back next time, I could tell you a lot of things that God has done. But here's one thing that happened when we went, when our campus ministry went to one of these events to serve. This lady named, uh, this CSUN student, Michaela Lee, came out. Now, the cool thing about Michaela, she's an actress. You know, she's up and coming, so keep that in mind. She came, she was in love, she was moved by what we're doing. She came to church, she started studying the Bible, and two months ago, she became your sister in the Lord. So she was, uh, she was blown away that we can really love one another. Next picture, please. Oh, there she is. That's your sister in the Lord, Michaela Lee. She's your sister in the Lord. You've probably seen the campus events. But you know what? When, when we do what God wants us to do, a lot of doors open up. You know what's been good, too, about loving other people? It's been helping the next generation, especially the kids' kingdom. The kingdom kids. You see right here? This is a, uh, this is a posse that grew up in the church. You probably don't recognize them, but how many of you know Gary Smith? Okay, you know Gary Smith? That's Gary Smith and daughter, Kayla Smith, in the lower right-hand corner. That's her. Um, all these kids, they grew up. Uh, they have their wrestles. Hey, I love the kingdom kids. All the challenges you go through, props to the kingdom kids. But you know, one thing that really opens their heart is when we start loving people the way that God wants us to, those who are less fortunate. And um, just this past year, this is a picture of all of them at the hike and the cross because they all got baptized. Uh, they're your brothers and sisters you know, now putting their names on the cross. And, and I say this to you because how to neighbor requires both sympathy and empathy. It requires both. Sympathy is when you feel bad for someone. Empathy is when you feel what they feel. But you know what happens when you have sympathy and empathy? You know what you'll have? It's compassion. Compassion. Compassion comes out of a deep-seated feeling for another person, not a feel-good moment for self. That's something we've got to be careful. I'm going to do it because I feel good. That's not what Jesus is saying. When you do something to help someone just to feel good for yourself, you know what that's called? Self-serving. That's not what Jesus is talking about, Samaritan. The guy went the extra mile. Anything else on the bill, I got it. He's got it. And that's what is called the hours compassion. I leave you with these practicals. Sympathy and empathy, compassion. Here's some practicals that I, I, I leave you with. One, take time to know others. You can only sympathize and empathize with people when you know them personally. Amen? Secondly, Learn their story. Learn their story. Get to know their life experience, how they got to where they are today. Thirdly, consider how it would feel to be in their place. That's the first step of empathy. And here's the last thing. Pray. Pray. Can we do that? Pray. How the neighbor... You got a choice. Do I stay at a distance or do I do something? I hope in your heart, as we remember what Jesus did for us, we could do the same and do for other people. How was the story of Good Samaritan? Hey, we, we haven't all figured it out. Your family valley, but I tell you what, we're getting excited about changing our hearts. We're not going to turn a blind eye. There are souls to be saved and there needs to be met. But I know God is working powerfully 
right now, we just got to figure out how do we join the party. And to do it is by doing something and not stay at a distance. Amen, guys? I hope that today has helped you and inspired you to realize you are special. God has brought you here because he put someone in your life to love you as a neighbor. And now, wherever you're at, Starbucks, at the gym, work, school, at the park, surfing, outlet, whatever you want to do. Keep in mind the importance of loving your neighbor. You know why? Who's our neighbor? Everyone. Let's close out in prayer. God, thank you for our time that we can go in your word. We're um, grateful that you reached out to us. And thank you for just the scriptures in Jesus. I really lift up the Shoreline family to you and for all of those who are visiting today that we can really take stock about where we are and, and where we can be. Help us not to be like the, the priest or the Levite. I know in myself I can be and whoever we are at times. Please forgive us. But Father, help us to embrace the heart of Samaritan like Jesus. Because there are needs out there that you can provide, but ultimately it's all because of your glory. Thank you for all the hope that we have in you. Thank you for Jesus. It's in Christ that we pray. Amen. Guys, thank you so much. I guess that concludes our service. Thank you, guys. Come out to the valley. Visit us. We'll see you guys.